It's reached the point that I'm not sure that St. Olaf himself would be welcome on the St. Olaf campus, next on Campus Roundup. Hello, I'm Dr. Duke, and this is the Campus Roundup at the College Fix. This week, we're headed to St. Olaf College in Minnesota, a place we've talked about many times here at the College Fix, where a new million-dollar space has just been unveiled for foreign students, people of color, and the LGBT community. Sorry, straight white dudes, you're not getting in. To talk more about this, we welcome Kyle Hooten, a reporter at the College Fix. Kyle, thank you for joining us. Hello, Dr. Duke. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about this. It's the Taylor Center, right? Give us the full name of this new multi-million dollar facility. Yes, sir. So the Taylor Center for Equity and Inclusion recently took over a large part of Buntrock Commons, which is my campus's central common space that is specifically designed for people of marginalized identities. So how does foreign qualify? If you're a foreigner from Sweden, a white male from Sweden, do you get into this building or is it only if you're from Central America? Well, our campus has a huge emphasis on study abroad programs and bringing in foreign students. So it seems that the Swedish kids would be allowed into the center and would would fit in well there, just given St. Olaf's heavy emphasis on the international programs. Do you have any insights into the decision-making process here? Was this necessary? What's the point of this? Where'd the money come from to build this? The money came from a $1 million grant. The Taylor Center itself has been around for uh, a couple years, since 2018, but this large donation uh, to renovate part of Buntrock Commons seems to be a bit newer of an occurrence. Uh, the desire to have this safe space is born out of a long history at St. Olaf College of uh, tensions between different groups and political identities. You might remember back in 2017, there was a large uh, fake hate crime hoax at St. Olaf campus. Uh, a student of color left a racist note on her own car, then begged the school not to investigate. Well, the school called the FBI, got some forensic experts involved and determined that uh, the note was fake. Despite that fact, students still protested vehemently, occupying, again, Buntrock Commons and canceling class for a few days. Well, students from St. Olaf still cite that event as a hate crime on campus and their uh, adamancy that that hate crime warrants a safe space is what's resulted in this new Taylor Center. This is Orwellian, if not Soviet, right? So a fake hate crime that was uh, completely debunked still is cited for a reason why you have to segregate kids on campus. And, and one step further at this, I, I've watched what's going on at St. Olaf. We're just one state away from you. We talked to Catherine Hindricker, you know, who was a, a, a reporter for The Fix, and she had her problems as the, the, the college Republican president there. It seems to me when you say that um, this building was built because there had been tensions between different races on campus, it seems to me that it's all fake hate crimes, it's all progressives who were in charge bullying conservatives. And that prompts segregation on campus. It's unbelievable to me. You just wrote a really interesting article that conservative kids on campus actually fear violence for speaking out in class. Talk about your article. I interviewed a couple of conservative students about how they feel about this new space because it touts itself as a center for inclusion. So I asked some conservative students, uh, specifically some white conservative students, if they feel that they would be welcome in that space. And the answer was a resounding no. And I find that very disturbing, especially given this center's proximity to student government. Not only is the new center um, located directly adjacent to student government facilities, but there's a clear indication from the uh, campus administration that student government and this new Taylor Center will be working closely together. So a lot of um, campus conservatives are afraid that this is going to be a new institutionally backed tool weaponized by student government 
against uh, conservative kids. Well, there does seem to be some evidence for that. Your article talks about various threats and intimidation tactics used against conservative students. Talk about that. What is it that conservative students uh, are fearing and what kind of things have they had to experience on your campus? Sure. So back during the initial round of protests at St. Olaf, uh, conservative students and anybody was actually barred from entering the cafeteria. That was a threat of physical violence. Today, while the threats of physical violence seem to have abated, uh, it's still a very hostile environment. Expressing conservative views will get you scorned by your professors and fellow students, labeled as a racist, publicly shamed. And if a conservative student or a white student tries to enter this new safe space, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It'll be questioning looks, uh, questions of why you're there, and uh, the sort of discriminatory behavior that I hoped this country was over. Yeah, and a college campus, you walk into this area on campus, right next to student government, right at the very heart of your campus, and mm -hmm. you're told on the basis of the way you look, you have no right to be here. It, to what degree would you say St. Olaf is actually a Lutheran school? And to the degree that Lutheranism does matter there, how, how can they uh, balance this out with their so-called Christian mission? I've been concerned with that very issue for a long time. I'm a man of faith myself, a devout Christian, and I came to St. Olaf partially because of their supposed Lutheran tradition. However, uh, in every class that I've taken, we've talked about uh, progressive thinkers like Foucault, and we've talked about all sorts of philosophies that run directly counter to the Christian ideology. And not only in class, but in uh, the public spaces, there's all sorts of things that the church would definitely not condone. Last year, we had a drag show where students could dress up uh, as whatever gender they please, and parade around in a sexualized fashion as their peers cheered them on. And I just don't think that's something that's uh, very fitting of a supposedly Christian institution. Are there Lutheran outreach for kids? Do you have, like, I know the uh, campus organizations or ministries, do you have those on campus? And are they fully leftist as well, or are they a place where conservative Lutheran kids can go and be, and be, be welcomed? Well, they exist, but they're not necessarily conservative. You have to remember that St. Olaf is officially affiliated with the ELCA Lutheran Church, which recently declared itself a uh, sanctuary church for all illegal immigrants. In addition to that, uh, the ELCA Church has been adamant about its support for LGBTQIA plus individuals. And uh, while the, the ELCA Lutheran message is present, a lot of people would say that it's not necessarily Christian. Reading your article, it seems like conservative voices have been largely stifled. There are conservatives there. Uh, many of the people you interviewed didn't want to talk about it. They wouldn't bring it up in the classrooms. They were happy to have individual converse conversations with other, uh, other students, including liberal students, but they didn't want to mess around in the classrooms because they felt the entire vibe was progressive. Uh, is that your experience well in, as well in the classroom? Well, absolutely. Uh, not only do those students that I interviewed, uh, not only are they unwilling to speak out in the classroom, but they requested to be anonymous in the article. And uh, one student that I interviewed, I called him up. He was a buddy of mine. I said, look, I want to talk to you about this new Taylor Center. We sat down. We talked. I got his statement. And um, from that conversation till the time that I filed the article, I think the guy probably texted me a dozen times uh, asking for reassurance that his statements would, in fact, be anonymous because he was so terrified about the retribution, not only from his fellow students, but from professors that he might face if his name was attached with that statement. So I think that students, not only do they censor themselves with the media and reporters like myself, but they also censor themselves in the classroom. More than once, I've said a conservative thing in the classroom where I've brought up some generic Republican talking point. Everybody's freaked out. That idea has been labeled racist, but afterwards, some student will come up to me maybe a day later and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate you saying that. That's a true thing. And I think that's very disturbing that uh, conservatism has been forced so deeply underground that uh, the closest most people can get to expressing a conservative value is complimenting another conservative a few days after they make a point. 
Have you had any conversations with the university administrator, the higher-ups, the president, the college, about this kind of discrimination in the classroom and that conservatives feel, or even in the, the renovation of this new Taylor Center? Well, unfortunately, the school's media liaison has responded to my media requests less and less as the years have progressed. Uh, I have not personally been involved with any conversations with the president, David Anderson, but I know last year college Republicans uh, did engage in a conversation with him after he told us that we couldn't bring Ben Shapiro to campus. The college Republicans had Ben Shapiro all set up, the deposit was paid, the date was set, and then very shortly before Mr. Shapiro was set to arrive, the school canceled it on the basis that Shapiro would be speaking uh, near the anniversary of the fake hate note, and that might you know, incite some form of protest. So the college Republicans went and they talked with him and they brought up a lot of these grievances that we have and they talked about campus political culture, but to no avail. Nothing has changed. And as the addition of this new Taylor Center shows, things may be getting worse. Getting worse. And you also mentioned in your article that Angela Davis, former president of the Communist Party USA, a radical terrorist, many people believe, was mm -hmm. welcome to speak there and no one was afraid of that. Absolutely. Uh, her, Noam Chomsky, uh, several other progressive thinkers have been invited by PAC, which is the Political Action Committee. Uh, my article talks about how PAC is going to be working with the new Taylor Center. And uh, PAC has been responsible for a lot of very progressive, very controversial speakers that have been invited to spread their message on our campus with no rebuttal. And so you've, last question for you, you yourself have experienced personal blowback for everything you've done trying to bring speakers. The, this article that you write, I'm sure, is going to cause you some grief. Have you ever Art. been threatened with violence? Absolutely. Um, some friends and I wore MAGA hats out in public once at the St. Olaf campus. They were snatched from our heads and thrown in the trash. I've lost countless friends over my political beliefs, and I'm not even advocating them that hard, really. I'm perfectly content to have apolitical conversations, but the fact that I hold these conservatives' beliefs, even though I'm not always talking about them, is too much for most people. Um, the College Republicans at St. Olaf are a demonized group, and it's very difficult for us to engage normally with campus culture. What you're discussing here goes way beyond what we usually hear. This like, sounds to me like an actual culture of persecution against people who don't fit the narrative here. I mean, they're actively denying you. They're, give, they're making separate accommodations when they allow you to have a speaker. I mean, it really is pretty staggering here. And uh, is there any, um, any hope you think moving forward? Is it, is it just getting worse or is there any hope, anything you can do uh, as students to try to shake loose of this oppression? Well, I think that that active discrimination that you're identifying uh, relates to a concept that the Taylor Center actually embraces, and that is this idea of equity. St. Olaf is huge on the idea of equity and is very clear that it's different than equality. I've heard it described uh, by different campus groups uh, in a metaphor where if you have three children standing behind a fence trying to observe a baseball game, the equal choice would be to give them all the same size step stool so that they all can see over the fence you know, on the same size step stool. But the equitable choice would be to give more resources to the shorter kid that's trying to watch the baseball game over the fence and give no resources to the taller kid. Now, this ideology becomes very dangerous when you realize that uh, the metaphor isn't actually about height, it's about race. Our campus believes that white people have some sort of intrinsic, internalized privilege that makes life easier for them. Therefore, we need to make these equity centers, like the Taylor Center, that preferentially give resources to those who are identified as being the shorter student or the, the unprivileged person, the disadvantaged group. So the fact that uh, campus administration literally views white conservative students as an inherently preferenced group 
then justifies all sorts of discriminatory action against them because in their mind, they're simply asserting equity and leveling the playing field. Love to come back to the administration and say, if you're so bothered by white students, particularly white male students, stop admitting them and watch the, the revenues to be able to fund things like the renovation of Taylor Center. Watch that dry up real, real quick. Kyle Hooten, it was a pleasure speaking with you. You're a brave kid and a good reporter. Keep up the good work, and I hope we talk to you again soon, and best of luck on that campus. And that's it for us today. Be sure to follow The College Fix on Facebook, Twitter, and Parler. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the brand new College Fix podcast, available absolutely free on iTunes. For the Campus Roundup, I'm Dr. Duke, and we'll see you next time.